0: What's going on, Cornerstone? How's everybody feeling? Let us know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let us know in the comments below how you are doing today. Uh, don't just let us know that. Let us know, where are you watching from? Where are you watching from? My Portage Lakes people, my Barberton people, my Springfield people, my Green people. Let us know in the comments where you're watching from. Man, I am so excited for us to get into the Word today. It's crazy. We've been doing this for 10 weeks now. 10 weeks, this is week number 10 of us meeting digitally. And I just wanna say, I'm so proud of our church. I'm proud of our volunteers. I'm proud of our worship team. I'm proud of our tech team. I am so proud of how we have handled this I mean, obviously, no one knew this was coming, uh, but we have been, you know, doing the best that we can. We have changed and adapted in every way that we can to honor God throughout this, still meet as a church, uh, even if it is digitally. Uh, This has not stopped us from being church, right? We're still having church, and we still are the church, regardless of what's going on. I'm just so grateful, and I am proud of everyone out there. We aren't just having church on Sunday mornings, we actually are the church throughout the week. The stuff that we've been doing has been incredible. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for that and for continuing. To be the church. So, if you were with us last week, you know that we talked about who the Holy Spirit is. He's kind of this weird uncle of the Trinity, right? He's this guy that we love, but we don't really know that much about. He's just kind of mixed in with the Father and Son. Those are the ones that we sing songs to. The Holy Spirit's is kind of out there. So we talked about who he is and what he does in our life. Uh, the, we had two verses that we really kind of honed in on. The first one was from Acts chapter two, talking about the Holy Spirit when he came. We're gonna take a look at that one real quick. This is what it says in Acts chapter two. When the feast of Pentecost came, they, Jesus's disciples, were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force, no one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building then like a wildfire. Put that in the comments. Like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. That's what we want for us. That is the prayer for Cornerstone Church, that the Holy Spirit would spread like a wildfire through our church as well. And now, here's the cool thing. We also looked at another verse, a verse where Jesus was actually foretelling this event happening, the the Holy Spirit coming. This is from John Chapter 16, this is what Jesus says. He's saying this to his disciples as he's getting ready to go to the cross, getting ready to rise again and getting ready to return to his father. This is what he says. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Crazy statement, right? It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That brings us to today, what we're gonna be focusing on. So last week, we're looking at the Holy Spirit. We're viewing the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? Today, we're gonna kind of turn attention onto ourselves, all right? We're gonna be looking at ourselves and what exactly that means for us. Like, that's great that the Holy Spirit does this stuff, but what's that mean for me? Like, what, what does he do? to me what happens when i fan the flame if you were with us last week we talked about fanning the flame listening to the holy spirit's counsel listening when he gives us comfort listening when he advocates to us about who we are in christ and how important those things are and that when we do those things we are literally fanning the flame of the spirit in our lives we're allowing it to grow bigger larger to really consume us and to make us a new creation in christ but what if you're someone who's fanning and you're not seeing a wildfire like, what, what if you're, like, you are, you're, you are fanning the flame every way you can, and you've got, like, a spark. And you're like, what is going on? Like, the pastor just last week said, I, I just need to fan the flame, and I'll start to see the Spirit move like a wildfire. But i got to be honest, my life looks the same. Like if, if I look at my life pre-Jesus, pre-Holy Spirit and my life post-Jesus, post-Holy Spirit, I honestly can't see that much of a difference. Like I really, if I'm being honest, and maybe you don't even vocalize that. Maybe you don't even say it because you feel like it's betraying God. Maybe you try to even push those thoughts down. Like, oh no, just be happy. Just holy is your name, right? Holy is your name. You're, you're a good God. But really you're, you're looking at this and you're like, he will guide you into all the truth. Well, he's not that good of a guide. Like, he's not that good of a guide because my life is not changing. Like, I, I know I've had this experience where I've not had a good guide. Uh, we were on vacation in the Outer Banks years ago and we wanted to go see the ships where they like come in, the big fishing ships. Uh, and we used to do that all the time as kids. So we were wanting to go do it. My dad's like, all right, well, we'll find out because I can't even really remember. We haven't done it in so long where the ships come in. And so we pull in a little gas station. He asked the guy and the guy's like, yeah, there's these guide signs, just, just follow those. So we're like, all right, cool. So we get in, we're trailing behind my dad and mom are in the car in front, they're in their uh, minivan. We're behind my, uh, my wife, Jessica and me and we're in our RAV4. And so we're going along, just following the signs. We see another one, there we go, okay, here we go. And before we know it, we're starting to realize that the the like highway 12, the, the paved road, it looks a lot just like sand in front of us. And we're thinking, he's in a minivan. <laughs> like This is not going to mix good. And sure enough, He just followed the signs. So he goes out onto the sand maybe 10 feet before his car comes to a dead stop, right? It's like a turtle on its back, man. It's just stuck. Now, luckily, some guys came by and they had a huge Jeep with a tow cable and everything and they got him out. And we were all laughing about it afterwards. I was like, Dad, what in the world? What were you thinking? You're in a minivan. Like, you can't go over sand in a minivan. And his response was, I was just following those guide signs. Like this is where they told me to go and they're what got us into this, right? He's like, I was just following those. I don't know. I kind of just blacked out on my you know, common sense and just followed that thing. And a lot of you feel the same way about the Holy Spirit. You're thinking, man, I'm, I'm following him. I'm doing what he says, but all these glorious things that I've been promised, all this life change I'm supposed to be seeing, I'm not seeing it. I am stuck in sand right now. If you've ever felt that way, put that in the comments. I'm stuck in sand. I'm stuck in sand. Man, I have been following, I've been following, I've been listening, but you know what? My job looks the same pre-Jesus as it does now. My relationships look the same pre-Jesus and post-Jesus. My finances look the same. All the areas of my life, I am not seeing a change. I thought he was supposed to guide me into all truth. If that's you, this is what I want to tell you today and it's what the rest of the sermon is gonna hinge on today. This is a a key thing to remember. Jesus says, when he guides you in all truth, he is guiding you, not your world. Are, Are you, like, does everyone follow me? He's guiding you, not your world. So many of us, we are expecting the Holy Spirit's move in our life to be external, to be seeing it out here, be seeing differences in our world. And Jesus is saying, hey, I I did not say he's coming to guide your world and to make everything perfect and neat and nice in your life. He's coming to guide you. You see, maybe you're not seeing change because you're looking in the wrong place. Maybe you're not seeing things turning for your good because you've been looking in the wrong spots all this time. When I walk in the Spirit, the Spirit works in me. He works in me. Think about what we said. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, where did it spread? It didn't spread through the city of Jerusalem. It didn't spread through Israel, it spread through them. It spread through their ranks. Jesus says, I am coming to give you this this advocate, this comforter, and he will guide you, not all the people around you, not your boss, not your wife, not not your husband. He's gonna guide you into all truth. Maybe you and I have been looking in the wrong place this entire time. The Holy Spirit's job is not to change everybody else. It's to change you, to change me, to change our hearts. And if you've missed that, if you've missed that, if you've missed that, if you're at home, if you've missed that, don't feel bad. You're in good company. You are in good company. You wanna know who else missed that? Jesus' own followers. If you were with us throughout the Easter season, you know we just talked about this, kingdom come. Jesus' followers were expecting a kingdom that was all about changing the world. This kingdom that's coming, all oh man, he's gonna come and, and we're gonna be the ruling party. We're gonna be the ruling class and we're gonna overthrow the powers of Rome and we're gonna be in charge and we're gonna change everything to how we want it to be. And Jesus had to remind them time and time and time again, guys, I'm not here to change that. I'm here to change this. I'm not here to change your situations, Peter. I'm here to change you. I'm not here to change how things are going for you, James and John. I'm here to change your heart. That's what I am here for. So if you've missed that, don't worry. You are in good company. Peter, James, John, his disciples missed the exact same thing. Jesus has come to change us. The Holy Spirit is here to change us, to change our hearts. So if you have felt depressed, if you have been following the Spirit, if you've been fanning the flames and you're not seeing a change, maybe you have just had the wrong evaluation system the whole time. (laughs) Right? Maybe you have been leaning on an evaluation system that you shouldn't have this entire time. It makes me think uh, if you've ever, has anyone ever tried to lose weight before? Yeah, right? Anyone you've ever tried to lose weight? You start putting in the work. Like, you you clean out all the crap out of the cupboard and you just, like, you put everything in the fridge, right? Because pretty much anything that's in a cupboard is bad. If it can last long, it's like, that's the crap. And anything that, like, expires quickly, that's the good stuff. So you load up on that. You get the fruits and you get the veggies and you get all of those things and you're following it. You're, you're you know, you're following your diet and you're working out, you're getting walks in, you're, you know, keeping track of your steps on your Fitbit or your watch, doing everything you can it's been a couple weeks and you notice not a single person has said a thing to you. <laughs> How frustrating is that? You're like, man, I have been like blood, sweat and tears, right? I want a pizza so bad. I, I just want food so bad. That's not leafy and green. And, and I'm putting in this work and no one notices. Like no one notices. Amen. Right? <laughs> Amen. But the thing is, maybe that's the wrong evaluation, You know, it's a better evaluation, not what people are saying, not what your world is telling you, but what the scale says. That scale does not lie. It may hurt your feelings. (laughs) It's hurt mine a time or two, but it does not lie. I know for this for a fact, I just bought some used weights not too long ago. I tested them out just to make sure they were all dead on accurate. Whenever I pick up my 45 pound weight and set it on there, guess what the scale said? 45. That thing is accurate. It's accurate. That is the evaluation system I want to go by if I'm trying to lose weight. Not what the world is telling me, but what I know to be true, what I can see for myself. I can see the number going down. I can know that I'm making a change. So with that in mind, what is the spiritual scale? (laughs) Like what's the spiritual scale? Because if you are one of those people who goes, man, I'm following you, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the spirit. I am, I am fanning the flame until my arms are tired. Like I'm doing everything I can, but I'm not seeing a change. What's my scale then? If, if this isn't changing, what is my scale? How can I know that you are actually moving in my life like a wildfire? How can I feel it? I'm going to give us three things today. These are just three. I mean, we could, we could go all day, but I'm just going to give three things specifically that we can look at to know that Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit are moving in your life, are changing you from the inside out, and you actually are seeing God move on your behalf. So these are three separate things that we can notice in our life. The first one is humility. 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 I love this. This is what the apostle Paul writes in a letter he wrote to the church in the city of Corinth. This is what he says. When I came to you, talking about the church, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing, know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. I wanna just pause for a moment and really focus in on Who wrote these words? The man who wrote two-thirds of our New Testament, the man who founded church after church after church, the man who was beheaded for his faith in Christ, the man who outside of Jesus Christ himself did more for the name of Christianity than anyone who's ever lived, wrote these words, and what does he say? I resolve to know nothing, nothing. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Now, I got to be honest, whenever I read things like this, it makes me laugh out loud when I see armchair experts talking about what they know for certainty. Whenever I see people say, oh, I've got sound doctrine. Oh, I know exactly what God means on this subject. Oh, I know exactly how this pans out. When I see Paul say, the only thing I know is Jesus and him crucified. That is it. That's it. That is the only thing I resolve to know. Think about that for a moment. That should cause all of us to pause before we say anything with certainty. Do you you wanna know something cool too? This word right here, the nothing that he uses, in the original Greek, you know what that means? Nothing. Nothing. It literally means I knew no thing, like nothing. He knew nothing. He's saying the only thing I know is Jesus. The only thing I can say with certainty is Jesus and him crucified and him saving my life. That is it. The Holy Spirit, he never creates arrogance. He only creates dependence every single time. Every single time, never arrogance, always dependence. I gotta tell you, this is just me personally. The more that I follow Jesus, the more I follow him in my life, the more that I try to listen to the Spirit's promptings, the more that I try to fan the flame, I kid you not, I feel less certain about everything in my life. I am not kidding. There is not a thing in my life that as I follow Jesus more and as I lean into him more, I feel more certain. Because certainty is standing on my flat feet. Leaning into Jesus causes me to feel a little uneasy, but I don't care. Because that's the only thing I need to be confident in is him. So I don't care if I'm uncertain about how this pans out and how this pans out and what did God really say about this. As long as I know Jesus and him crucified, that is what I am laying my name on. That's what I'm laying my claim on. That's it. That's the end of the story. There's a period after that, no comma. Jesus and him crucified. If that was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And if you are wondering, is the Holy Spirit really working in my life? Humility is a fantastic indicator of that. We get not an arrogance in what we know, but a humility because of who we know. We have a humility because of who we know. The more that we fan that flame in our life, the more that we listen to the spirit, the more he kills our ego. I I recently was working at Allstate uh, in Hudson. The whole reason I uh, even heard about this job was my sister-in-law, Rachel. Uh, She she let me know there's a communications uh, consultant position opening up. And she like read the job description and said, hey, this actually sounds like you. Like this sounds like stuff that you do. And so she sent it to me and I applied and I ended up getting the job. But the crazy thing is, I know for a fact that my my resume probably should have got tossed out in the like pre-application process whenever they're just scanning through things. I I have a master's of theology. Doesn't exactly translate over to insurance well. Like it's like, oh, this would be perfect. Like this is, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't fit well. But you see, I got through that and I got into actual interviews because of who I know. So you wanna know how I was in those interviews? Humble, (laughs) humble. I knew why I was even in the room. You see, the Holy Spirit, it should create a humility in us. Not an arrogance, not a puffed up chest of I know exactly what I'm talking about. It should create a, the only thing I know is you, Jesus. That is it. That's the only thing I can say with confidence. That's the only thing I can say with certainty is who you are and what you have done in my life. If you have that, if you feel that growing in your heart, don't be discouraged if you're not seeing changes on the outside. Something is happening to you on the inside. So the first thing is humility. The second thing we can look at in our life is unity unity. This is what John chapter 17 says. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. As we're reading this, I just want you to know, that's you. (laughs) That's you, that's you, and that's me. Jesus is praying for us. Put it in the comments. He prayed for me. (laughs) He prayed for me. Jesus says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their, his disciples' message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, what I'm gonna say here is something that should cause every single one of us to shudder and to reconsider our words. Jesus, in this verse He told the world to judge the validity of his message by the unity of his people. He gave the world the okay to say, hey, if if you wanna judge how valid my message is, you wanna judge how valid what I taught, what I lived, what I died for, you, you wanna know if that's valid? Look at my people. Look at their unity. Look at how they are cohesive. Look at how they are together. Look at the unity that they have. That shouldn't shock us. I mean, that's how we judge organizations. If you've ever been to a restaurant or you've ever been to a store and it is chaos in there, right? Like the, the waitress is bad mouthing people and things are going nuts and people are complaining about the manager, you're probably not coming back. Like, even if the prices are good, even if the food's good, maybe one more time, maybe two more times, but eventually, you're gonna be like, this is a ticking time bomb. Like this place is not gonna be open long because there's just disunity here. There's, there's no cohesiveness. Uh, that's happened with me and my wife before. I, I'll not say the name of the restaurant to protect the guilty, but we've, <laughs> <laughs> man, we've gone to restaurants where, where the food is great, but as soon as you come in, the second you're seated, the waitress is, hey, sorry it took me so long to get to you, the, the hostess shouldn't have, they've been seating me all night, so I'm sorry about that. And you're like, oh, that's that's okay. And then they come out and then they're bad mouthing the people in the back and the people on the line. You're going, okay. Yeah, the, like, the, the food was good, but this is awkward. Like, I don't want to come back. I, I, don't, I don't like this situation. We judge organizations based on the unity. We judge their quality based on their unity. And so with that in mind, I want to say this, Christians, we need to be very careful about what we will go to war over. Like, we just need to be very careful. I've heard, I've heard another pastor put it this way. I can't remember who said it. I wish I could give him credit, but it's so good. There are state borders and there are national borders. State borders, you don't even really know if you cross them. Like, if you go on vacation, you, your wife wakes up, your husband wakes up, and they're like, hey, hey, where, where are we at? Are, are we in Maryland yet? And you're like, uh, maybe. <laughs> like, let's, let's wait for the next sign to come up to see if it will tell us, right? Because you can cross a state border without even knowing it, Right? It's not something you go to war over, but a national border, a national border, that's something you, you roll out the tanks for that. You will go to war over that. Now, whenever I think through Christian history, it is shocking and unbelievable to me what we have gone to war over with each other. We've gone to war with each other over just about everything. There's nothing we won't go to war over each other with. We go to war with, with each other over women in leadership. We go to war with each other over treatment of LGBT people. We go to war with each other over the songs that we sing. We go to war with each other over the type of clothes that we're allowed to wear. We go over to war with each other for everything. Yet we serve a God who said, hey, judge my message by the unity of my people. What in the world are we doing? What in the world are we doing? We need the humility to step back and just say, hey, I don't really know, but I'm going to try to have unity behind the one thing I do know, Jesus and him crucified. Yes. That is what we can rally behind. That's what we can be unified behind. What are we willing to go to war over? We need to remember this. We need to have unity. And I'm telling you, if you have a heart that says, I, I'm gonna do whatever I can to try to have unity. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to not say things that I know could tear somebody down because you know what? The cause of Christ. I'm just not going to say it. Just not going to say it. I'm going to keep unity. We need to think about that. And if you have that in your heart, again, that's another sign the Holy Spirit is working in you. He is doing something in your life. The last thing, number three, identity. Identity. This is Paul writing again. This is in his letter to the Galatian church. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. That's fanning the flame. That's whenever the Spirit is being the counselor in your life, you're listening to his advice. That's whenever the Holy Spirit is being a comforter, you're taking the comfort. That's whenever the Holy Spirit is advocating on your behalf and telling you, remember who you are. Don't get bogged down in this lifestyle anymore. You are a son or a daughter of Jesus. That's what walking by the Spirit means. Listening to him, following his prompting. So Paul is saying, when we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So he's saying, the more that we say no to the natural, the natural desires, the more we start to say yes to the supernatural desires, the more we start to naturally do the things that we should be doing, which he so kindly lists out for us right here. The flesh or the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Anyone else, a Sunday school kid, and as soon as that started, you could hear the song, the fruit of the spirit is love. Anybody, no? All right, well, <laughs> I ain't singing it. I'm not singing it. I'm not on the worship team. Uh, <laughs> but, but I love this. And I love the word picture that Paul puts out for us here by calling it the, the fruit of the spirit, which makes me uh, wanna do a little experiment here. Gonna put this up here. All right, if we have any like horticulturists or botanists watching out there it's unfair yeah you might you might know these already but I want to see how well we can recognize some of these uh uh, trees that are coming up okay so just bear with me for a moment let's see tree number one real quick does anyone anyone got that That could be poison ivy for all I know, right? (laughs) Like if I hadn't looked this up on my own, I have no idea. All right, I'll give you a really big hint and let's see if everyone can get it now. You can post it in the comments if you know what it is, if you don't, but um, this is what the tree comes, what, what, orange? Orange, it's an orange tree. All right, there's number one. If you got that right, you get 10 points, all right? (laughs) All right, next tree, next tree, which one we got? Oh, okay. And just so everyone is aware, this actually is a different tree. I know it looks the exact same. <laughs> it actually is different. Does anyone know what this lovely tree is? Let me give another hint here. One of these. Apple tree, right? It's an apple tree. There we go. Apple. And then last one. Last one, I promise. Now, this one actually does look different. This is probably the most distinctive one. Does anyone know what this lovely tree is. Actually, it looks like it's seen better days, but <laughs> does anyone know what this one is? No? All right, time's up. Pear tree. Pear tree. We have a pear tree right there. All right, if you got those right, then, you know, you get bragging rights for knowing trees, I guess. That's a weird bragging right to have, but hey, it can be yours. <laughs> but what I love about that scripture, about Paul talking about the fruit of the Spirit, is I, I just love what it implies. Because whenever I think about it, I think, oh yeah, that's like what a tree, you know, produces. And in the same way we produce love and we produce joy and we produce peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, all these, these good things. Um, And that's how I've always thought of it. I've just always thought of it as like, oh yeah, that's just like what we do. Like if we're a Christian, we're following the spirit. That's what we do. It's what we produce, right? It's produce. We produce the fruits of the spirit. But the more I, I thought about it and as I was studying for it this week, I'm like, there's actually something a little bit deeper behind it. Um, Like all of these trees that we were looking at, like this is a pear tree. This is all it can produce. It can't help but produce a pear. Like that's it. Like this is all it can produce. And because of that, the only way we know it is by what it produces. You're looking at this tree and you're like, "Uh, I have no weeds. Is that weeds? (laughs) It's like, no. It's a pear tree. As soon as you look at the fruit, you instantly can recognize what it is. Are you tracking with me? (laughs) You see, we are producing out of the overflow of our heart. I used to think fruit is what we do. It's not, it's who we are. It's who we are. This tree cannot help but produce pears. You, if you are following in the spirit, you cannot help but be a loving person. You cannot help but have patience. You cannot help but be a gentle person and a kind person. All of the fruits of the spirit, those are what you're known for. You literally cannot help it. You can't help it. As much as an orange tree can help producing oranges or an apple tree producing apples or a pear tree producing pears, you cannot help but produce love in your life if you are following the spirit. It just happens. It just happens naturally. We have uh, family friends, lifelong family friends, who just recently suffered the loss of their only son. Their only son, in his 30s, uh, died in the middle of this pandemic, um, and so this this couple is now going through life alone in the loneliest period of recent human history. It's brutal, and it's heartbreaking, and it's devastating. But the way they have been handling this season of their life is nothing short of astounding. If you follow them on Facebook, and I I won't say their names, but if you follow them on Facebook and you know who I'm talking about, you see the grace with every post. You see the faith that they have in God with every comment that they make. You see the way that they are trusting him, that they are believing him to be faithful. They're believing him to be good, even in the midst of this God-awful tragedy. You want to know how they're doing that. Because they have been fanning the flame, not for a couple days, not for a couple weeks, but for years and decades of their life. They have been fanning that flame, walking in the Spirit, listening to His comfort, listening when He advocates, listening when He counsels, and following Him, actually following Him. So whenever the worst thing that you can possibly imagine in life, the loss of your own child, happens to them, they can walk through it and still say, blessed be your name they can still walk through it and say, God, I'm trusting you and I am believing you. And not only that, I'm not going to drag down everyone around me. I'm not gonna grieve as the world grieves. I'm gonna grieve in power. I'm gonna grieve knowing that I'm gonna see my son again. I'm gonna grieve knowing that there are better days in the future because you live, because you're risen and I know he will be risen. That is gained from a lifetime of fanning the flame, of walking in the spirit. Now, I want to say this about these people, and if, if you're watching, please don't take offense to this. <laughs> They're nothing special. They're nothing special. They're great people. I love them. I, I, I trust my kids with them. They're amazing, amazing people, but there is nothing special about them. There's nothing that sets them apart that goes, oh, well, you know. It's because it's them. That's why they're able to get through this like that. There is nothing that separates them apart from you and me, except for one thing, and maybe this is true of you. They have told the Holy Spirit, hey, you're welcome here, right here. You can come in, you can change my life. You can change my thoughts. You can change my actions. You can change my ideas. You can change all of it. You're welcome here. You're welcome here any day or time. You're never coming at an inopportune time. (laughs) You are welcome right here. We do that with people in our lives. We do that with people in scripture. We act like these are superhuman people who God just dropped out of the sky and they've never gone through anything like we've gone through. They're ordinary people. These are ordinary people. Nothing separated the apostle Paul or Peter or James or John. Nothing separated them from you and me, except they are people who said, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Change me, change my life, change my heart, set it more onto you and your desires and what you would have in my life. Create fruit in my life. Let it be known, let me be known for this. Let me be known for what I produce that I cannot help but produce it. In the same way, I couldn't expect an orange tree to do anything else, God. Let people come to me and never be able to expect anything other than love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let that be my calling card. Let that be the fruit of my life, the overflow. I don't wanna be known by what I know, but what I grow. (laughs) I wanna be known by what I grow. Not not my armchair experts with theology on this is sound doctrine and this is is how God would, no, I wanna be known by what I grow because that's what Jesus said. Jesus did not say, and the world will know you, the world will know who's my followers because their doctrine was so sound. They will know you're my followers because man, you had a theological point for every single thing that came up. He says, they will know you by your love. That is how they will know you. And God, that's, that's the prayer of my heart. I want fruit. I want fruit to be the calling card of my life. I want that to be known, what I am known for, by what I grow, not what I know. I want that to be my calling card. And if you want that to be your calling card too, it can happen. It can happen for you. You can have love, joy, and peace be a part of your life. All you have to do is welcome them in. All you have to do is welcome in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is waiting. He is waiting to work like a wildfire in your life. He is waiting to work like a wildfire in all of our lives. All he needs is your welcome. That is it. That's it. He's waiting there. He Hello. <laughs> still here? I'm still here. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to do something on your behalf. I'm still waiting to change your life, your life, not your world, your life. I am here. I can do it. I am accessible. All I need is your welcome. That's what we talked about last week. That's probably the greatest thing about the Holy Spirit. Yes, he's powerful. Yes, he's real. But thank you, God, he's available. He is available. I can have access to him. He can be a part of my life. I can call on his name and he will be here. You can be known by humility. You can be known by unity. You can be known by a new identity. Remember what we talked about at the beginning, the whole thing about trying to lose weight, right? Trying to lose weight and feeling like it's it's frustrating whenever you're not seeing anything on the outside. You want to know something? This is something so cool. The more that you start to lose weight, you don't have to worry about just focusing on the scale because guess what's going to happen? You keep putting in the work, you keep eating right, you keep exercising, guess what's going to happen? Eventually people are going to notice. Eventually the world is going to take notice. And in the same way, the more that you put in the work, the more you follow the Holy Spirit's prompting, the more you fan the flame, you don't gotta worry about just seeing it for yourself. You will start to see changes in your life. You'll start to see relationships change. You'll start to see the people around you change. You will change everything. You will change everything. And that power can happen for you. I want it to happen to me. If you want it to happen for you, I ask you wherever you're at to bow your head right now and pray with me. Father, God, we are so thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are so thankful for this incredible gift, this counselor, this advocate, this comforter that we can have access to. Your Holy Spirit that can make us into new creations, that can make us into new people, that can make us into the image of your son, Jesus. God, you can work like a wildfire in our life. All we have to do is give you control. All we have to do is welcome you. So today, that is the prayer and the cry of our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are welcome right here, right in the midst of my life, right in the midst of, of, of everything that's going on. You are welcome here. Change me, transform me, help me to follow your prompting so I can become a new creature in you and live up to the purpose that you have designed for me since the beginning. We love you, God. We're so thankful that you are a good God and that you are faithful to your promises. We believe this and we trust all this in your name. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to change my heart, to make me new. I want to be known for having unity. (laughs) I want to be known for having humility. I want to be known by a new identity, by love and joy and peace and patience and all the fruit of the Spirit. I want that to be my calling card. If you want that to be your calling card too, we did it last week, we're doing it again. Raise your hand wherever you're at right now. I don't care where you're at unless you're driving. Raise your hand right now and let's declare it. Father God, I want your spirit in my life send the Holy Spirit, help it to infect my life like a wildfire, for it to spread through everything that I do, say, think, every action I make, every word that I speak, everything, for it to be a reflection of you and your son Jesus. That is what I want. So do what you need to do. Do what you need to do, God change my life. However, you need to change it. As the song Christ be magnified says, if the cross brings transformation, you can hang me there with you. You can hang my old ego and my old self up there with you. You can take it all because I only want you, Jesus. That is it. Send your spirit, send the Holy Spirit and let it just infect me like wildfire and to infect the people around me so we can see a change for the kingdom of God in our families, in our relationships, and in our communities, and in our world. We believe it and we declare it in your name. Amen. Amen, man. I'm so glad you were here with us today and you worshiped with us. Please, the host is going to be posting talking points for today's sermon. If you want to dive a little deeper, want to talk about it with your kids, that's what talking points is for. So make sure that you download that. And also, if you have said yes to Jesus, you have welcomed the Holy Spirit in your life today, or you've done it again, like you, you're you recommitting your life, right? You're making a new commitment let us know about it. I'm not kidding. Do not close out of this browser without letting us know about it. We want to know that. We want to celebrate that with you and we want to help you. We want to help you along the way of what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. So please, Journey Starting Point. The host will also be posting that as well. Click on that. Do Journey Starting Point. We will connect with you. We will let you know of ways you can connect with us here at Cornerstone and we can help you as you navigate this new uh, uh, walking with the Spirit in your life. So please do that and be back here next week. We have services again next week, starting a brand new series. Make sure you're here for that. Man, I'm so glad you guys were here. Aren't you glad you're here today? Aren't you glad? Awesome day. It is now time to receive the blessing of the Lord. May Jesus Christ, our God and our King forever be with you this day and every day. Amen. Well, that's all for this week.